0: There's this quote and it keeps popping up in my life. And I always say when things keep popping up in my life, it must be for a reason. And it says, you can do anything, you can't do everything. Now, I've taken it upon myself to write this down and turn it into a a daily memory on the front of my computer. But when I was sitting down to prepare to record this podcast episode, I looked up and of course it was there. And it made me think you can sell anything but you can't sell everything. If you're looking to grow a wildly profitable travel business that brings you joy, you'll need a consistent stream of new clients because living client to client is like living paycheck to paycheck. I'm your host, Sandra McLemore, wife, mother, travel TV host, and very successful business owner. But my story didn't start out that way. You see, I had just quit my job in corporate America with no backup plan and no new job. I thought that an entrepreneur was a rich person with a new idea, and I certainly wasn't rich. Little did I know I was about to take $40 out of my pocket, plant it with some copy and confidence, and grow it into a seven-figure business. In this podcast, I'll share with you every single problem and solution that has crossed my desk. You'll learn tactics and strategies that you can implement into your business today. I'm about to help you start and scale the travel business of your dreams. Welcome to the Travel Marketing and Media Podcast. Hey there, in today's episode, we are digging deep into how to choose a niche or specialty for your travel business. Now, this is a continuing conversation from the previous episode. So head back to episode two, if you haven't already, and take a listen to that. So if you did listen to episode two, you are already convinced and you already understand the power and the benefit of having a specialty. Imagine if all doctors treated anything. Imagine if all attorneys practice all kinds of law. Well, one thing we know for sure is that while they would have a variety of knowledge about different areas, they would not be an expert in any one particular area, which is detrimental to you if you need an expert in a specific area. If I need to see a cardiologist, I want to know that my cardiologist specializes in all things involving the heart. If I want to see a neurologist, I want to make sure that that neurologist specializes in all things about the brain. I don't want to see a surgeon or a doctor that does the heart and the brain and the skin and the teeth and the eyes and all the other things. Because like I said, while they'd be very smart and have a variety of knowledge, they're not going to be able to go detailed enough to be able to fix my problem or serve me best. So. There's this, um, I guess it's a quote, and it keeps popping up in my life. And I always say when things keep popping up in my life, it must be for a reason. And it says, you can do anything, you can't do everything. Now, I've taken it upon myself to write this down and turn it into a, um, a daily memory on the front of my computer. But when I was sitting down to prepare to record this podcast episode, I looked up and of course it was there. And it made me think, you can sell anything but you can't sell everything. So let's talk about the two different ways that you can define or clarify your specialty so that you can then go out and tell the world what you do, who you do it for, and how you can help them. So I want to start quickly by sharing what my niche and specialty is, if you haven't already worked it out. So obviously, I am a businesswoman. Obviously, I have that entrepreneurial experience and spirit about me. Obviously, I am a travel industry expert. Obviously, I'm a marketer. And obviously, I'm a presenter and host. So how did I pull all of that together to find my niche? And are these things actually my passion? Well, if you listen to episode one, you'll know that becoming an entrepreneur was not only not a passion of mine, It wasn't even on my radar. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't anything of interest. I thought entrepreneurs were really rich people with a lot of ideas. Now, while I'm never short on ideas, I've been short on being rich my entire life. It wasn't even on my radar to become an entrepreneur. How did I get from where I was to defining my niche? I want you to close your eyes and imagine a street intersection. It's actually... A T intersection in my life. Yours might be four streets. It might be a roundabout with six or eight streets going off of it. I think of the the great big roundabout in Paris where the Champs Elysees is. My intersection has three streets. It's a T intersection. One street is called Travel Street. And that street is where I traveled the journey in the travel industry to from being a travel advisor through to travel marketing through to All the different jobs that I've had, my cruise line jobs on board in the shoreside offices, all of the things that I have done, hosting travel TV content, being mentored by Anthony Bourdain, all of those things, that's on that street, travel. Another street that I have is called Marketing Street, and Marketing Street came about possibly it probably, the end of the beginning of the street, sorry, at the very top of the street would have been maybe my first few subjects about marketing in college, college university. I've always been interested in marketing. I think it's fascinating because it's about turning strangers into paying clients or turning strangers into patrons. And it's, to me, fascinating because it's about human behavior. It's about psychology. It's about the impact of design and words and messaging. And how you can make people or encourage people to do things with the right messaging and design. I've always found that super fascinating. So, yeah, maybe that street started in my college university days by taking some subjects that really interested me. And then throughout my life, I've held various marketing and revenue roles, including being responsible for all of the Royal Caribbean fleet of ships to make revenue every week on board. So, whether it was casino, shore excursions, bar, spa the shops on board. So it started with education at the top of the street and then turned into work experience as I traveled down that street. Over in the third street, we're going to call that media street. Now, I would say the top of my media street began with a specific job that I had. I was a port and shopping guide on cruise ships. And so I worked for a great company back in the day called Onboard Media. And I would get up and I would do live presentations on the cruise ship. Anywhere between 300 and two and a half thousand people would show up. I became very good at filling a theater on a cruise ship. Hotel directors would come by and inspect the capacity of the theater to make sure that the safety rules on board, that there were no people sat in the aisles, because literally thousands of people would come to see me talk about the upcoming ports of call for that cruise vacation, things that you could see and do. And of course, things that you could buy. In addition to the live speaking, I also would then create content for the television on board the cruise ship. I then traveled down that street a little bit more and I got my opportunity to work with Travel Channel as a guest on a Travel Channel program in the Mediterranean. And then I also have my experience working with and being mentored by Anthony Bourdain. In fact, I think to this day, I am the only person who he ever directly mentored in the capacity that he mentored me. Fast forward down that street, and here I am today, and I'm on network television. I'm on television all over the world, but I'm on network television here in the US, and on ABC, CNN, CBS, on Good Day New York, Daily Mail TV, all of these shows, new shows as the industry, as the media go to for anything travel related, you know. Here I have these three streets. Remember, they come to a T intersection. And I'm standing at the T intersection, looking down all three streets and thinking, what's going to be my niche? What's going to be my specialty? And I then had a look at my passions because my passions are kind of, I'm holding them in my hand. I love creating new things. I love teaching people. I love helping people. I love being able to take something from concept to monetizing it and then creating something brilliantly. Profitable out of it, especially if it's repetitive and ongoing. So, hmm, do I follow a passion that I have in my hand and perhaps go off and become a teacher or a university lecturer? Do I double back and go down media street and try and have my own show, my own travel show? Do I look at becoming a contributor for one of the big networks for all things travel, getting a job, being put on a payroll? Do I go back down marketing street? And continue, go back to working for the biggest travel brands in the world. Work my way up to chief marketing officer for the biggest airlines and cruise lines. Or do I go down the travel route and now with my incredible entrepreneurial experience, open a travel agency and go full circle back to my 1998 first job as a travel advisor. This time with pockets, buckets and drawers and computer files full at the strategy and tactics that probably would make me multiple millions of dollars of sales a year? Or do I look at the things in my hand and say, you know what? I could get a great job at a university teaching marketing because I'm really, really good at this. Here, I'm in this T intersection with passions and hobbies in my hand and three streets of different types of experience. For me, it became very clear when I could visualize it this way, and I would love to send you to somewhere where you can do this activity, but I actually just made it up myself. It was, it was the visual that came to me when I started explaining out one day in a podcast interview, actually for Amy Porterfield. And Amy Porterfield asked me, how did you come to arrive at this niche? And out of nowhere, I started describing this T-intersection. And so I wonder what's in your T-intersection. What would your streets be called? Do you have a military street? Do you have a teacher street, an educator street? Do you have a retail sales street? What passions and hobbies do you have in your hand? And when you look at all of the options that you have there, can you pull them together to come up with something brilliant for your travel niche? So for me, it's no surprise that travel, marketing and media was named after my three streets and I actually get to work in the travel industry, creating marketing content, being still a very prominent face in the media, and in my hand, with my hobbies and passions, still being able to help people to grow their businesses. So let's take, for example, somebody in our community who has a military street. Both her and her husband have served in the military and she no longer does, but they still move from country to country in the military. They have Three teenage children who are graduating off to college soon. Over the next five years, they'll all hit college. And then she has her life as a mom. So she's got the kids' route and her life as a mom. She has the military route. And then in her hand, she has her hobbies of, uh, and her passions of travel. So she doesn't have a T intersection, she just has two streets and she's standing on the corner. Now, she has come up with the most incredible niche because she's helping military families around the world to create incredible vacations for families. And she specifically helps military families to create multifamily vacations where they get to come together with the families that they don't see very often. You see, if they're posted in Japan or they're posted in Germany, they don't get to see their family very often. So she creates a lot of vacations for military families who will then go and invite their other friends' families or their family families. And they come together and they have big vacations together. They go on big cruises together. They stay in villas together. They go to resorts together. And she is so confident in her niche. Why? Because she's standing exactly where she is comfortable. She's looking down military street. She's looking down family, teenage mom street with a family theme. And she's looking at her passions in her hand. She loves all things travel and she loves to bring people together. She's the mom who became the unofficial family travel agent. She's the mom that was always the organizer of all holidays, Thanksgivings, and birthdays and gatherings and family reunions. So, my friend, if you had to take pen to paper and map out your streets, your streets are your history, your past, and then write down what you're holding in your hand, your passions and your hobbies. Can you see? your niche there. I'll be back in a moment and I will tell you my second way of choosing your travel niche. I know you're loving this podcast episode and I'd really like to help you a little more to grow your travel business. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools for a list of my favorite productivity and creativity tools. I've listed out my favorite websites, apps, quizzes, cheat sheets, and resources. I have used every single one of them, and I know they're going to help you as you move closer to your goals. So whether you need to hire an extra set of hands or grab a checklist to keep you moving, I've got you covered. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash smart tools. Let's get back to the podcast episode. Welcome back. So if your first way of choosing your travel niche was... To map out your streets and then write down the passions and the hobbies and the interests that you have in your hand and look for a niche in there. The second way is if you found that really difficult, (laughs) because that exercise comes really easily to me because I have a very distinct career path and very distinct skill sets, but that might not be the case for you. So the exact opposite way to do it with then with your heart and for it to be a heart-centered and a a feeling-centered and a passion-centered decision is to make it a complete business decision, a financial decision. Now, here's what I would do. I would list out all of the suppliers that you would like to work with. So that might be sandals. It might be armor waterways. It might be celebrity cruise lines. It might be monogram. It might be a Galapagos expedition. It might be a DMC in the Middle East, whatever it is. List out all those suppliers. Now, reduce it down to six. I know I made you list them all out and then get rid of them all, but reduce it down to six. How do you reduce it down? Hopefully, they're your sixth favorite, but if they're not your sixth favorite, go back and start writing the commission rates that you would earn for each supplier. So if you know that Disney is going to pay you a 10% commission rate, if you know that a cruise line is going to pay you a 20%, if you know that an all-inclusive is going to pay you a 15%, Go down and write all of those commission rates next to those suppliers. How do you know your commission rates? Well, you might be part of a host agency or consortia that have set commission rates. Or if you're brand new to the industry, you might have to ask around to get an average, a starting rate. Now, take the top six commission rates. They become your preferred supplier list. Now, what I want you to do is to go and have a look. Say, for example, you have six suppliers on your list. Go and order their brochures download their electronic brochures, walk through their website from top to bottom, spend a good hour or two reading on their website, not scanning and scrolling, actually reading. Take note of the images that they use, the video that they use. Who is their ideal client? And by ideal client, I mean the person that they are targeting. What type of traveler is it? Because trust me, a celebrity cruise line website the people that they show on that website look very different to the travelers that are in a Disney brochure or perhaps in a carnival brochure or perhaps on a Cunard brochure. Very, very different. They're not better than each other. They're just different. So have a look at the marketing materials and the website for the six suppliers that you have on your list. Can you see any patterns? Can you see perhaps that? Across all six suppliers, there's a certain type of traveler that they have in common. Because just right here, you might have stumbled across not only a niche or a specialty for yourself, but more clarity on the type of person that you want to serve. So if you're finding in here, it's millennials is the generic theme across all six suppliers. Millennials and Gen X, that seems to be the age group. People who are more interested in experiences, perhaps, than material items. People who are travelers who want to have those unique bucket list experiences. What does that mean? The type of things that when they go home and share them or they put them up online, other people have never had them before. Not in a show-off kind of way for the most part, but more in a, I want to do something really powerful or, or impactful. Perhaps it's completely different. Perhaps you have in your pattern that you see there, People who are really into culture, history, anthropology, the fine arts, that might be the theme. So by narrowing down your favorite suppliers or suppliers that you love, writing out the commission levels next to them, then narrowing it down to your top six, and then investigating and researching who they sell travel to, who is pictured in their brochures, who, what kind of experiences or shore excursions or day tours do they describe? What kind of destinations do they go to and experiences do they have in the destinations? And then looking for patterns, what can you see? That is a really good black and white business-driven, financially-driven way of making your decision. So I would love to know, how did you make your decision for your or specialty? And if you haven't made it yet and you go ahead and try both, The street intersection method, that's what I'm calling it. If you ever hear anyone say it, you can say, oh, that's Sandra McLemore's method. So the street intersection method, or did you try the supplier shortlist method? Also my invention. So continue this conversation with me, my friend. I really want to know how you get to your decision or how you got to the decision. You can join the conversation on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And of course, at any time, you can head on over to our website there, where under our two minute reads, we have more information about niching down and specializing. Have a great day wherever you are, and I will see you in the next podcast episode. Bye for now. If this podcast episode resonated with you and you'd like to hear more, head over to travel, marketing, and media dot com slash podcast to get notified about new episodes and also listen to any that you may have missed. And if you'd like to ask a question about this episode, you can send it there for me to answer on a live Q&A. We'll see you in the next episode.